This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning, I'm Larissa Moore. And I'm Eliza Harvey. It's Wednesday the 11th of May. In your squiz today, Sri Lanka's Prime Minister resigns amidst violent protests. The Northern Territory's Chief Minister resigns. Elon Musk would let Donald Trump back on Twitter. And a few good options for telly tonight. This is your squiz today. Starting in Sri Lanka this morning, Eliza, where the entire country is under a curfew as authorities try to contain the violence from widespread protests, the unrest has seen Prime Minister Mahinda Rajapaksa resign, with protesters also wanting to see his brother, President Gotabaya Rajapaksa, resign as well. The country is in the worst financial crisis since independence, and protests and tension have been building for months. Yeah, it has. And it came to a head on Monday when pro-government supporters attacked demonstrators in the capital, Colombo, and then police responded with tear gas and water cannons. And then anti-government protesters torched the home of PM Mahinda Rajapaksa and his political allies, their homes. And with that violence, about eight people have been killed and almost 200 people injured. Uh, Now, Mahinda Rajapaksa's resignation was meant to placate the mob. Uh, It doesn't seem seem to have done that. They now want his brother to go too. Uh, there are tens of thousands of troops on the streets of Colombo now, and they've been ordered to shoot lawbreakers if they see trouble. As a country, Sri Lanka is in a severe economic crisis. They have as little as 50 million US dollars of usable foreign reserves left. There are huge shortages of essentials like fuel, cooking gas and medicine. There's a fair bit to sort out and there are big questions over whether President Gotabaya Rajapaksa will resign as well. Yeah, that's right. And the problem here is that the opposition parties won't come to the table if he is still in power. So it seems that things are a bit of a stalemate there. Uh, That crisis is worsening. You know, locals are running out of power, medicine, as you mentioned. There's a very steep rise in costs and a steep regression in people's standard of living. Uh, There is a team from the International Monetary Fund in town. They started work this week on a bailout that would include some tough reforms accompanying financial support. So it seems that there'll be a tricky political situation for them to navigate amidst this rising violence. One commentator says that if the president resigns as well, the anger in the situation would be diffused. At this stage, the curfew has been extended until Thursday morning. It's not often we hear from Australia's spy chiefs, but the head of ACES, the Australian Security Intelligence Service, has given a rare speech to mark the organisation's 70th anniversary. In that speech, Director General Paul Simon said that there was an increasing number of dissatisfied Chinese officials feeding information to Australian intelligence agencies. Yeah, he told a lunch at the Lowy Foreign Policy Institute in Sydney that people are talking to Aussie spies because they're unhappy with the Chinese Communist Party's increasingly authoritarian stance. He said, and this is the quote, officials and individuals unhappy with the trajectory of closed societies are willing to speak up and take risks. Overall, though, it was a fairly downbeat assessment of Australia's strategic outlook. He said that countries that are hostile to Australia are seeking 
to weaken our institutions and bend our values. Uh, he was actually asked about that security pact with the Solomon Islands and China. He said we'll continue to share information with our Pacific neighbour so they can understand what's going on now is a really big deal. And just on that, reports this morning say that Chinese Foreign Minister Wang Yi is set to visit the Solomon Islands soon, perhaps before the election here in Australia is called, which could put it back in the spotlight. That visit would be a way of cementing security and commercial ties. On to politics and its state and territory politics making news this morning, Eliza. Northern Territory Chief Minister Michael Gunner announced his resignation yesterday just after delivering the budget. Yes, so Gunner is Chief Minister and Treasurer, and that's why he was delivering the budget. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was appointed to the top job in 2016, and yesterday he said he'd grappled with this decision to leave politics uh, ever since his son Nash was born at the end of April, and he and his wife also have a two-year-old. He said, my head and my heart are no longer here, and he was referring to Parliament, they're at home. Uh, And he said he could no longer look Territorians in the eye and say he'd give a 100% to the job, so it's time to go. Gunnar was the first Chief Minister to actually be born and raised in the Northern Territory. He said it had been a privilege to serve in the Territory's top role. There are lots of eyes watching to see what billionaire Elon Musk will do with Twitter if his takeover deal goes through successfully. One of the first things, Eliza, would be letting former President Donald Trump back onto the social media site. Oh my gosh. I mean, this story just keeps giving, doesn't it? Musk says once he's in charge, he'll reverse the ban that was brought in after those January 6 riots last year. Uh, Musk told a media conference that it was a mistake to permanently ban Trump in the first place. He said it was stupid that permanent bans undermine the trust in Twitter. And he said, and this is the quote, it alienated a large part of the country and it did not ultimately result in Donald Trump not having a voice. So there's a kind of double negative in there. I think that's a nod to the fact that Trump started his own platform called Truth Social, which he says that he'll stay on. Let's see if that actually happens. (laughs) Reports say that the acquisition of Twitter could take somewhere between three and six months to go through. So there's a while to wait to see if Trump will head back to Twitter. It's an age-old question, Eliza, how many friends do you need? According to a new survey in America, though, friendship is on the decline and the trend has only been made worse by the pandemic. Yeah, and I suppose that's not surprising given that we all had to retreat into our homes. According to the Gallup poll in the US, 12% of Americans reported they had no close friends last year. That's compared to 3% 30 years ago. Uh, The popular theory contends that human beings are only able to maintain about 150 connections at once, which is a lot, including (laughs) an inner circle of about five. Uh, But an American psychologist, Marissa Franco, said it's actually more helpful for people to ask themselves if they feel lonely and that the key way to mitigate loneliness if you do feel it is to have at least one important person in your life. Yeah, 150 can sound a bit daunting, especially post-COVID. Yeah. It sounds like a big crowd. Um, but <laughs> it certainly does. Good to keep in mind it's important to have one good friend. It's hard to believe that it's been 13 years since Avatar. To say it was a huge movie would be a massive understatement. It still holds the record for the biggest global box office hit of all time, cashed in over $2.8 billion. Now the sequel is nearly ready to be released. There's a new trailer out. 
I have to admit that I had to go back and refresh myself about the, about <laughs> Me what too. the whole movie was about because I think I actually even saw it twice and then I looked it up and it all came flooding back. But 13 years is a long time. Uh, the director, James Cameron, is known for taking his time on the big blockbusters and this one is going to be huge. It's called Avatar, The Way of the Water. It mostly takes place under the ocean and apparently that's required a whole lot of new technology for the production. So it's due to hit cinemas uh, at Christmas. There's the big stars like Sam Worthington and Sigourney Weaver. Uh, Interestingly, though, the third instalment has been made at the same time, so there won't be so long to wait. I watched the trailer. It all seems very blue. Still, that's my overwhelming memory of the first Avatar. Very true. I'll pop a link to it in your episode notes. Squiz the day. Eliza, what are you taking note of today? Well, it's a big day in Squizland because Chief Squizzer, Claire Kimball, is on Gruen <laughs> tonight on the ABC. That's 8.30, so we'll all be tuning in. Yeah, she'll be talking all about the election campaign and messaging. You can follow that up then with the third leaders debate if that's your thing. So big night of TV in front of you if you want to settle into the couch. As for today's Squiz the Election episode, we're taking a look at the situation in Western Australia. A couple of key seats in play there, especially with the redistribution of electoral boundaries that happened over in that state. That's about all from us. Have a good Wednesday and we will be back with you tomorrow. This week, our podcast is brought to you by Aware Super. As one of Australia's largest profit-for-member super funds, they have a range of helpful tools, like their My Retirement Planner, which allows you to see how much you'll need for retirement and provides an easy-to-understand plan of how to get there. And better still, it's free for all. Read the PDS and TMD at aware.com.au.